0: Don't let diaper rash come between you and your baby. Diaper rash can be one of the worst experiences your little one has to go through. Keeping their delicate skin healthy and happy shouldn't require a spatula to apply thick and goopy treatments that can be just as irritating and uncomfortable. When my oldest was little, she would get the worst diaper rash. It left me feeling so desperate to help her while also wanting something gentle on her skin. Dr. Mom Butt Balm is a pediatrician-approved skin protectant free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide. It was developed by a mom who is also a doctor. When she couldn't find any traditional products that worked for her baby's persistent diaper rash, she let nothing get in her way. You can use just a small amount of Dr. Mom Butt Balm to help soothe your baby's skin and feel confident that you are making the right choice. Dr. Mom is committed to providing an ultra-premium formula for moms that won't settle when it comes to their little ones. Soothe and restore with active ingredients being dimethicone and petrolatum. You can find more about Dr. Mom Butt Balm at drmombuttbalm.com or find it on Amazon or walmart.com. Hello, women of strength. We have a very, very special episode with you or for you today. We have our friend, Julie Sawaya, and she is the co-founder of Needed. And if you haven't heard us talking about Needed yet, go listen to the other episodes and get on Instagram. You guys, Needed is incredible. She is a mama of two young girls, and we were just talking before the episode, and her youngest is nine months. And she is a lifelong nutrition nerd. And I love that she calls herself this, a nutrition nerd. Like, I'm a birth nerd, nutrition. When we find ourselves passionate about something, we just nerd out, right? It's so amazing. And Julie has, um she grew up in a family of medical doctors and learned at a young age the power of nutrition and how it can influence our health. Julie went on to study the issue of nutritional access in college and got her master's in business from Stanford, where she met her needed co-founder, Ryan. And as most nutritionally aware, you know, of the most nutritionally aware of their friends, Julie and Ryan were shocked to realize that through nutrient testing, that there were seriously a major deficit in key nutrients, which we don't think about, Julie. We we just don't think about this, um, I think, enough because we think we're taking something and we think we're good. So they found out that there was really much more needed for the healthy, for a healthy pregnancy. And so they dug into the research and they realized that they were not alone. 97% of women take a prenatal, yet 95% have nutrient deficiencies. Let me just say that again. 97% of women take a prenatal, yet 95% have nutrient deficiencies. Most prenatal vitamins just weren't cutting it, and Julie and Ryan started needed to create a new, higher standard for perinatal health. Working alongside with a collective of more than three thousand perinatal nutrition and health experts, together they have redesigned the products, education, and expertise and experience women need. Welcome to the show, Julie. I like. I seriously, I'm reading this and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is amazing because. Like I was saying like I when I was pregnant years ago right I did not pay attention to anything like I got the bottle I took it I checked mark right yeah, yeah no and I I mean I think
1: it's a problem like the the problem core underlying product problem that we're solving it needed is that women are nutritionally deficient in this life stage. Mm -hmm. And it's a problem both with the products that are available. Most prenatal vitamins are designed to meet just the bare minimum nutrient Mm -hmm. needs, not to set you up for optimal health. Mm -hmm. And it's also an awareness or an education problem, because in some ways it's a problem that you don't know you have until you feel the effects of it. And we're told that it's normal to feel depleted, that it's normal to be uh, mm-hmm. you know, to not feel your best, to feel like yourself during pregnancy or postpartum. Right. So many of the complications of pregnancy have a nutritional root to it, whether it's gestational diabetes or preeclampsia mm-hmm. or hypertension or nausea, even, you know, or more severe nausea, like hyperemesis, mm-hmm. there is a nutritional component to it. Not to say nutrition is a, is a you know, cure all, but it's, it's a reasonable it's first step. in supporting your body optimally. And what Ryan and I found when we were prior to starting the company is that despite how important nutrition is, and yes, I am a lifelong nutrition nerd, Ryan and I are also trained nutritionists. So it was truly and and utterly shocking to us that we had these deficiencies. But what we realized once we looked under the hood is that this problem is is widespread. And part of the problem stems from the fact that it's so common for women in the U S to go see an OB. And I come from a family of MDs and I have huge respect for the medical profession, but Mm -hmm. most doctors aren't trained in nutrition. They receive, it's actually Mm -hmm. not a requirement in most med schools. I think like somewhere in the range of 50% of med schools don't even require one nutrition course. And the average OB appointment time in the U S is seven minutes long. So even Mm -hmm. if, an OB is trained in nutrition and has the intention to help educate their patients, which OBs are generally very well-meaning. They're just people, you know, who Mm -hmm. are constrained on time and with a curriculum as, as we like to say, like the curriculum is flawed, not the people. Mm -hmm. Um, But even if, if they, if all the stars align in seven minutes, you can't get all your nutrition questions answered. So Mm -hmm. what we hear again and again, the most common recommendation is take a prenatal vitamin, And then you ask Mm -hmm. what kind and they say, it doesn't matter. They're all the same. Take one. Yeah. Take one, make sure it has folic acid in it, which I'm sure we'll get into um, that particular nutrient and nutrient form. But there's so much more to prenatal nutrition than vitamins and minerals. But even if you just focus on vitamins and minerals, it's really hard to pick a prenatal. There's over a hundred on the market Mm -hmm. um, and there is a vast difference when it comes to quality quality of nutrients, the quality of the nutrient forms and dosages. And so we spent over three years formulating our first products with a collective of health and wellness practitioners that study perinatal nutrition and looking at all of the available clinical research on nutrient dosages and forms and what pregnant and lactating women need. But the reality is there's a lot of nutritional gaps. And that's where Mm -hmm. this collective of practitioners that are testing women's nutrient and hormone levels every single day really really matters to understand in practice what does it take to dose like what dosing of vitamin d do you need to give your patients for them to be in optimal nutrient ranges it's just seems like such a basic question but no prenatal vitamin company had done that legwork
0: that's what i to I'm understand gonna say.
1: what's actually optimal
0: yeah and that is what i i mean there's so many things about needed that i love and and honestly one of them is how this Company came about. It's two women that found that there was something lacking out there, and had passion from themselves, and had passion to share it with the world. And that's how the Viewback Link started. Right, myself and my um, old partner Julie. Same thing. Like we just found this passion. And so I love the the heart that comes behind this company, and then really what you guys have done. And you've built it from. Like somewhere where it was like really mediocre, if you yeah. want to even call it that. Yeah. To incredible. And like you said, like not only getting the ingredients, but the optimal amount. Yeah. And as I have compared in the past, there are so many out there that are even, you know, recommended on Amazon or wherever. And they don't even have the ingredients at all, yeah. let alone that optimal amount. So I'm so excited and honored for you to be here today and be talking to our community because I think that it is so important. And like you were saying, it's, you know, not that my provider had any ill intent to not give me that information, but I mean, it really was as I was walking out, there, he goes, oh, and by the way, make sure to start a prenatal right yeah. now. And I was like, oh, okay. And that was it. Yeah, that was, that was it. And I mean, I did, I found myself. Googling it and found one, I was like, okay, cool. That that one has some okay reviews. Got it. Right. Yeah. And I really yeah. didn't know the impact that it that it was leaving and or lack thereof, you know. Yep. Totally. Um,
1: so yes, and I think some of that comes from like it's there is a misunderstanding that a prenatal vitamin is for the baby. By and large, mm-hmm. unless you have like massive nutrient deficiencies the baby's going to get what he or she needs to develop properly, but often at the expense of your own nutrient reserves. Mm -hmm. And as a, as a multiple, a mom of multiples, you know, that oftentimes women like under experience and understand this pain point more as a second time or a third time mom than Mm -hmm. as a first time mom, because once you've been through pregnancy and you, and, and birth, and if you choose to breastfeed or pump, you kind of can feel it viscerally how depleting that experience is Mm -hmm. Um, maybe more so than a first time mom that hasn't yet been through it all. And, and Mm -hmm. so in some ways it's like an experience that has to be lived to fully appreciate the problem, probably Mm -hmm. much like the topic of VBACs, you know, like you you, you go into a first birth with, Maybe not fully understanding like how will one birth choice or birth outcome impact a second birth choice or birth outcome. Um, mm-hmm. but what we're trying to do at needed really is like raise awareness so you can make the best choices possible with the information that you have. That's all that it's about. It's not about like what I would have done differently with with mm-hmm. one pregnancy versus another. It's not at all, any of the information we share is not in any way meant to shame or add right. guilt. There's so much of that mom guilt, so much of that fear mongering out there. That is the antithesis of who we are as a company. But we find that like, when you're empowered with the right information, you can, you know, you can make better informed decisions. So that's a huge right. part of what our mission is and needed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we can relate so much that over here is like, you know, like, I didn't know what I didn't know when I had yeah like through prenatal perinatal care to birth to recovering after a c-section right and and we we grow from our journeys and so yeah there's never any more shame and and mom guilt it's like you said it's way too thick we lay it on way too thick especially with social media so here we are today to have this episode so you can start learning and growing and finding that information so you can make the best choice for you and your growing baby or maybe through your fertility journey or nursing journey or whatever part of the journey that you are in, Needed has so many incredible, really at all, I'm sorry, but you kind of have it all out there. It's just amazing. So thank you so much. And yeah, let's get into some of these questions. Yeah, I'm excited. Me too.
2: You are tuned into the VBAC Link Podcast with Megan Heaton, who is a longtime doula and VBAC mom herself, here to help you get inspired for birth after having had a C-section, Along with this podcast, the VBAC link offers blogs, resources, and a comprehensive VBAC course for both parents preparing for birth and doulas wanting to take their VBAC education to the next level. Be sure to follow Megan and her team on all social media platforms for even more. Although these podcast episodes are VBAC specific, it is encouraged for all expectant moms to listen and educate themselves on how to avoid a C-section from the get-go. The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is not meant to replace advice from any other qualified medical professional. Here is your host, Megan.
0: Hey everyone, this is Megan. Preparing for my VBA2C was pretty lonely at times. This is why I, along with Julie, created a Facebook community for all the parents preparing for their VBACs. You can find the link to the community in the episode notes today Or head over to Facebook.com and search the VBAC link community. This is our safe space to share our stories, tips, and advice on how to achieve a VBAC and ask each other questions. Just remember, studies show 60 to 80% of people who attempt a VBAC will be successful. We're here for each other on this journey. To join, go over to Facebook.com and search the VBAC link community and start feeling the love and support today. Okay. So one of the questions um, is what is the importance of a prenatal vitamin? Like really why, you know, we're being told to take these prenatal vitamins. We were just a little bit talking about like, there's a lot of things that we need, but, but why do we really need them? And does it matter if we don't take them? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. And I like to
1: answer it with like a a look back at context from nature. Cause like first Mm -hmm. and foremost, I think people are right to have skepticism about supplements in general. Like, do I need them? Why do I need them? Is it just snake oil in general? And I think something that was an aha moment for me as someone who was a bit of a like food is my medicine, not supplements. Um, Mm -hmm. That's the perspective I came into when before starting needed. I think it's really helpful to understand that one of the main reasons we need supplements generally, and then specifically at the life stage of pregnancy or the perinatal stage is because our soil is depleted. Food isn't as nutritious as it once was, and it tends to take a lot longer to reach us than it used to. Like We're not generally growing our own food. We don't necessarily know who is growing our own food. Even if you shop at the farmer's market as Ryan and I did at the time we were Testing our nutrients way back uh, six years ago when we started Needed, your food can still be depleted because soil quality is depleted. We're also Mm -hmm. subject to a lot more environmental toxins, which that toxic load increases baseline nutrient requirements. Your body has Mm -hmm. to consume more nutrients to operate at homeostasis because of the burden of toxins it's trying to process effectively.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so we have a great blog post on our website. I love it. it. The title is why your grandmother didn't take prenatal vitamins, but you should. And it's really talking about these factors that are like an evolution of modern life. We also now know, as we didn't previously, how important some nutrients are, especially nutrients like folate, um, which mm-hmm. is uh, vitamin B9. It's really critical for babies brain and neural tube formation and then folates kind of sister nutrient is choline it's a it's a super important nutrient for many of the same reasons brain development cognitive function neural tube formation those are nutrients you don't want to skip out on and that even with your best intentions you might be deficient in 95% of women are deficient in sorry about that i have a rowdy dog 95% of women are deficient in the nutrient choline It's most abundant in eggs, liver, foods like that. But in the first trimester, many women are, have a food aversion to eggs. And Mm -hmm. I certainly was not consuming any liver in my- (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say,
0: liver Um, never crossed the path of my pregnancy. Not at all, no. Or fortunately, (laughs) yeah.
1: Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. but in, in any event, like at a high level, prenatal vitamins are there to fill in the gaps in your diet. I think a, a misunderstanding and the way that prenatal vitamins have been formulated historically is that they're dosing around a concept called the RDA levels, which is basically it's basically a dosage framework that came out of World, world War II when the government was trying to determine how to set nutrient levels to avoid serious diseases like scurvy, like a, oh. a significant deficiency of vitamin C. So the entire concept of an RDA is rooted in this idea of what's the bare minimum amount of a nutrient I need to give someone to avoid a disease or, or Mm. like worse, like famine or starvation or like minimalistic, not optimal. And there's a big order of magnitude of difference of what amount of vitamin C your body needs to avoid scurvy versus what does it need to support postpartum tissue healing and repair and, and, optimal immune health during pregnancy in these much mm-hmm. more optimal kind of ranges, reference ranges. But at a high level, basically prenatal vitamins are there to fill in the gaps in your diet. They are unfortunately a necessity because of mm-hmm. our modern food system. And they are especially important at a life stage like pregnancy and breastfeeding when your body will never have higher nutrient needs than it does in these life stages. Mm-hmm it's really, really critical that you're getting the right nutrients. And as I said earlier, it's not just for the baby, it's for you too. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that's, that is a, like a concept that we're really passionate about is like centering women in this journey, because ultimately your baby is most likely going to get what they need, but you might be left depleted and, and that depletion can have long-term impacts. If you want to have two kids or three kids or 10 kids, your body has fewer nutrient reserves to give to the next baby, mm-hmm. um, sequ- like with each sequential baby, unless you're replenishing those nutrient stores. If your family feels complete, it's still important to, to supplement throughout the postpartum and like a, a time period thereafter to support your hormone health, your thyroid health, just mm-hmm. general Vitality, you know, and and overall well being. I think it's super common for women to say that it took them several years to feel like themselves um, mm-hmm. post pregnancy, and a lot of that can be tied back to nu- nutrient deficiencies.
0: Yeah, and um, something that you had said that kind of connected with me too, res- or resonated is, you know, through each pregnancy, my life became busier because I had yep. little toddlers and newborns, okay. and you know, all these things around. And so like you were saying, like in the beginning, you're like, "Um, I can get it through my food. I can get it through my food. Yes, we we really like food definitely is impactful, but obviously, as we know, not as great as it used to be. But not only was it not as great as it used to be, but when I was really, really busy running around, I'm going to tell you right now, I was not eating correctly. So I wasn't even getting enough calories at the time, let alone the right foods. I was like, oh, there's a NutriGrain bar. Let me just grab that because I'm hungry. Right. Yeah. Or, you know, I wasn't grabbing the right things or enough. And so it just goes to like as we keep going on, too. Yeah. Like it's so important. So, um, yeah, that's absolutely the
1: reality. And I think like yeah. where, where it's almost more important to take supplements with each subsequent pregnancy for that reason, because, mm-hmm. um, Or or even in the postpartum period, because you, when you're pregnant with your first, you generally speaking, have more time than you do postpartum with your first and pregnancy with your first, you probably have more time than pregnancy with your second or third or fourth. Mm -hmm. So that's absolutely right.
0: Yeah. And I also remember like breastfeeding my baby, you know, even in the middle of the day and just feeling sucked. Yeah. literally dry of energy and everything. So like hydration. Energy, hydration. Energy, yep. Nutrients, like my mouth getting dry. That. So it just goes to show, I mean, that's like, you're feeling it like yep. literally feeling your body change right yep. there. So, okay. So now we know it's definitely important to take prenatal vitamins in the perinatal stage, postpartum stage, everything. Right. But what ingredients should we be focused on? We talked a little bit um, about folate and choline. Um, yeah. And what should we be looking at? You know, on, when it comes to the back of our bottle, are those really the two main ones? Or are there more ingredients that we're like, hey, we really need to be focusing on these? And if we don't see them on the back of our prenatal, we've, we shouldn't, you know, yeah. have our alarms going off.
1: Yeah. So there's, there's really 24 vitamins and minerals that Needed has chosen to include in our prenatal vitamin because they are the ones that have the most clinical clinically validated need for them. Choline and folate are two really important ones. I think they're really easy ones to scan a bottle for and like a supplement facts panel and see, does this have, not only does this have choline in it, But what's the dosage?
0: Uh The most
1: common dosage of choline, it's it's a nutrient that has had an RDA. We talked about RDAs. It's a minimum Mm -hmm. amount. It's had an RDA of 450 milligrams in pregnancy for 20 plus years, 550 for lactation. The most common dosage of choline in a prenatal vitamin is zero, followed by 55 Mm -hmm. milligrams, which is one-tenth of the breastfeeding RDA. So RDAs are the minimum. They're taking one-tenth of that is what's in most prenatal vitamins. And the reason for that isn't because you're getting all of the extra from your diet. It's because choline is a bulky nutrient that it's hard to fit it into a -a one-a-day prenatal. It's hard to fit it into a gummy. You just really effectively can't do so. To dose it optimally, you need to include it in multiple capsules or in a powdered form like we offer. um, One of our options for a prenatal vitamin is a powder which is really, really great, especially for those bulkier nutrients. Um, like yes. The other bulky nutrients that are really important are are calcium and magnesium. So I would look for dosages of at least 200 milligrams of those two nutrients, ideally in, in magnesium and other minerals in the glycinate form. So sometimes that's on a label as magnesium bisglycinate or magnesium bound to glycine. Glycine is an essential amino acid that just helps with absorption, chelation, basically, um, usability of that nutrient in the body. Um, So that's a really important one. And then other nutrients, I'd suggest just scanning a panel to see if they're in there. Vitamin D is a telling one. I think nearly every prenatal vitamin will have vitamin D in it, but Mm -hmm. the dosage matters and the form. So some prenatals use a less absorbed form called vitamin D2. We recommend Mm the D3 form. Mm -hmm. We also suggest looking for at least 2,000 international units I use, or um, more optimally would be Mm 4,000. So our prenatal vitamin capsules and multi powder have 4,000. And then our essentials multi, which is a pared down version in only three capsules has 2,000. So those are kind of the ranges that we typically like to see for vitamin D. And then vitamin D is best absorbed with vitamin K. So make sure that vitamin K is on that supplement facts panel and 90 is the dosage that we tend to look for, for vitamin K. Um, And it should be in the K2 form. That's the best absorbed one. Those are some key ones. The other things to look for are, I think we'll probably get into the question of what form of folate. So let's Mm -hmm. have that conversation. Yeah, Uh, Folate is... I think probably if you're told nothing else about prenatal nutrition, you're probably told to take folic acid, which is the man-made synthetic form of the nutrient folate. Folate is Mm -hmm. naturally occurring in food. Mm -hmm. Um, It's an essential nutrient. We talked about its use in the body. It's really important for baby's neural tube formation. So for spina bifida, That's why it's emphasized usually in the first trimester because the neural tube fully closes during the first trimester. And it's a nutrient that it's so, so important. And many women don't know they're pregnant until well into the first trimester. So it's pretty common to hear that you should start taking it preconception, which we definitely agree with, with one caveat, which is that folic acid, the synthetic form is not readily used by the body. And many women have a genetic variation MTHFR, which makes it impossible for their bodies to convert synthetic folic acid into the usable form of folate. So instead needed uses methylfolate, which is a naturally occurring form of folate. It's mm-hmm. the active form, meaning it doesn't have to go through a conversion process. And it's it's been shown in clinical research to be better utilized by the body, especially for those with MTHFR. There is controversy out there of folic there acid versus methyl folate. Primarily what the controversy stems from is the fact that the clinical studies on folate for neural tube defects was done with folic acid. That's because the research is old. It's like 30 years old. Now that we know how important folate is to neural tube defects, it would be unethical to do a clinical study with a, a double blind placebo controlled study where you're putting women on a placebo that has no folate in it versus yeah. one that has folate in it because we don't want we know the risk factors we don't want to induce spinal cord issues or or neural defects and so a lot of those who are pro folic acid are relying on stale research and really this argument that All the clinical research around neural tube formation is on folic acid. We're not arguing with that. That's actually a a true statement. But there's a huge wealth of research showing that head-to-head comparing folate, uh, methylfolate versus folic acid, methylfolate is better absorbed by the body. 96% of the circulating folate in your body is methylfolate. Um, So that's pretty clear evidence in support of it. And mechanistically, the reason like basically in the body, how we're preventing neural tube formations is, is serum folate status of mom. And there is research showing that methylfolate raises serum folate status in mom in the same way that, or better than folic acid does. So we have a really well-researched blog post on this topic on our website. It's dense. Maybe we can link to it in the show notes for those who want to learn more, but there's, there's a reason why. Many of the higher quality prenatal vitamins are including methylfolate, not folic acid. I would tend to distrust that there's some out there who's saying, oh, it's a designer prenatal vitamin. They're just trying to charge you more. The reality is that methylfolate is so much more expensive than folic acid. You could make a lot higher profit margin if you used folic acid than methylfolate. It's vastly, I think it's like around a hundred times more expensive, which is also why most of the clinical research is relying on folic acid and folic acid is, a is a, it's a nutrient that's often fortified in cereals and bread. And so there's also like a food mm. lobby that has an interest in keeping folic acid in mm. things and not methylfolate because it would be cost prohibitive to include methylfolate in a $3 box of cereal. So
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of factors and I think like I don't want to bog listeners down in all of this information, but this is a right. really good nutrient to highlight how much information and nuance and research goes into selecting optimal like optimal nutrient forms, optimal dosages. It's it's a quick way of yeah. saying we did a tremendous amount of research yeah. and there's a lot of evidence behind what we're including in the needed right. prenatal. We include references for every single nutrient that we use for those who are like me, nutrition nerds, they want to go many layers deep. But for those of you who's like, "Oh my god, this is over my head." <laughs> I would say like the the core message is that we've we've done extensive research and these nutrients have been utilized in practice with perinatal nutrition and health experts for mm-hmm. decades. This isn't like a new Newly redesigned, you know, we did design our prenatal vitamin from the ground up, but the insights and the expertise and the recommendations behind it have been put into practice for many, many decades. Um, Really what needed did was bring together all of those insights in a single product instead of previously practitioners were having to say, okay, go take this magnesium and this vitamin D and this prenatal and this amount of choline because no prenatal had everything that you needed in one package.
0: Right. And that is one of the other reasons. Another reason why I like love and trust you guys so much because literally like all of the research that has gone in to creating such a solid product for, you know, our community, the birth community and, and everybody. So yeah. I love that. Thank you so much for explaining that because yeah, it is definitely a hot debate sometimes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I think it's like, it's good to like
1: it's good to have the, that, like, we love healthy debate. We work with practitioners. We have actually now almost 4,000 practitioners in our community. It includes OBs. It includes reproductive endocrinologists, but it also includes a lot of registered, registered dietitians Mm -hmm. and naturopathic Mm -hmm. doctors and functionally trained practitioners. And we're collaborating with all of them when designing products. Mm -hmm. We appreciate that. Like some people come from a different training background. Some people might have different skepticism and like all voices are welcome. We just like, we want to have a constructive conversation. And on this specific topic of folate versus folic acid, sometimes the, you know, status quo argument is like unwilling to hear the other side. So it's nuanced. And that's why we have a, a great blog post on the topic Also, if you're just early in your research and want a basic primer on what to look for in a prenatal vitamin, we also have that free resource available on our website, as well as um, a review of over 75 of the prenatal vitamins on the market. It compares the, the pros, the cons, and overall recommendations. So if you love your prenatal, but it doesn't have choline or it doesn't have magnesium, we'll give you those recommendations of how to supplement or how to get more of those nutrients from your diet again, we're really not trying to tell you like everything you're doing is wrong. It's really (laughs) about how can you, how can you upgrade what you're doing or make small changes on the margin that can have a huge benefit for you and your baby.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, all I can see is that it's an improvement. We're making improvements, right? And I mean, we grow and make improvements on our, in everything in our day-to-day lives. And this is one that is really important and so that's why we're doing this today is we're sharing this so we can make improvements and like sometimes even just small tweaks yep. to benefit ourselves. Yeah. So, okay. So now we're talking about all the things we really should be looking um, nutrient wise for, you know, during pregnancy. Are there any nutrients we really should be avoiding taking during pregnancy and through your guys's research, have there been some of those ingredients even in prenatals out there mm-hmm. where you're like- I mean, we were just talking about a little bit about folic and folate, right? But like, are are there any that you're like, okay, if if you see this, this is one of those tweaks that you really should make. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's a great question. Probably. So we talked about folic acid. We would suggest avoiding that nutrient. The other very common nutrient form that we suggest avoiding is a form of B12 called cyanocobalamin. It's easy to remember because it's it's actually like derived from a cyanide molecule. Uh, So there is just not research to substantiate. It's a synthetic nutrient form. It doesn't exist in nature and there's not safety data to suggest why you'd want to consume cyanocobalamin. We leverage the two naturally occurring active forms, methylcobalamin and adenosylcobalamin, and we use those in a 50-50 ratio. So Try to avoid cyanide if you can. Try to avoid synthetic folic acid. We're always using nutrient forms that exist in nature. And we think that that's the best way to make sure we're on the side right. of safety. It's often contrary to cost. You know, those like mm-hmm. those synthetic nutrient forms tend to be cost effective, but they really don't necessarily perform as nature intended. Right. Um, and then another one that's maybe a little counterintuitive or nuanced is Uh, the nutrient iron. Most prenatal vitamins Mm -hmm. have iron in them. Mm
0: -hmm. We
1: chose not to include iron in our prenatal for a few reasons. Iron is absolutely an essential nutrient for (laughs) pregnancy and postpartum. It supports your blood volume, effectively doubles during pregnancy and you lose Mm -hmm. blood postpartum. It's a super important nutrient for avoiding anemia and for just overall blood volume expansion during pregnancy. Mm -hmm. The reason to not include it in a prenatal is that your needs vary by trimester or by stage. And we wanted to make a prenatal vitamin that was safe to take before, during, and after pregnancy and safe for all women to be taking. Iron also competes with calcium and other nutrients for absorption Mm -hmm. in the body. So oftentimes prenatals will just include both calcium and iron, and you can be pretty well assured that the calcium that you're taking isn't going to be absorbed in that case. Or sometimes they just leave calcium out, but they don't tell Mm -hmm. you that you should take calcium at a different time of day. So we've kept calcium in our prenatal and we offer iron as a separate add-on. The advantage of that is you can take exactly what you need. If you've done any Mm -hmm. iron testing, which is pretty common in pregnancy, you can tailor the dosage to your, your ferritin levels. That's the type of iron testing we recommend. And then taking it at a different time of day ensures that you're absorbing all of the calcium you need, as well as all of the iron that you need. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And we like delivering iron in the chelated form bound to glycine. It's much gentler on the stomach. A lot of prenatals have a really high dose of iron in a form that's not well absorbed. It can cause GI issues. And then women will stop taking their prenatal because they say it makes them nauseous. Yes. So there's many reasons why we think iron in a prenatal is suboptimal, but I think if you don't know that information, you might scan mm-hmm. prenatals like needed and say, oh, it doesn't include iron. That's a problem. And it's actually a really intentional choice. So I like to call that nutrient out.
0: I love that you talked about that because as a doula, we have we have a lot of clients that actually do pee on a stick, get a positive yeah. and and start looking for their doula, right? So we have a lot of clients that do hire us in that earlier stage. Yeah. And, um, we're always there for our clients. And so they'll be writing us and be like, we are just so sick. Right. And it seems to be after I take my prenatal. And yeah. so they stop taking their prenatal because it makes them sick or their nausea gets so intense. And when it, in fact, it's, it's not what we should be doing. Right. Again, not to shame. I mean, anyone, if you've stopped yeah. taking your prenatal but we should be taking our prenatal, but we don't think about that, yeah. right? We don't think about that. And I love that you guys have done that. And I've been sharing that since I've learned about this. I've been sharing that with my clients, um, really early on because I think that's so important. And something also I love about you guys' products is there's a lot that can help with nausea exactly. as well. Yeah. So
1: yeah. And that's actually a great, I'm glad you mentioned that because That's one of the key reasons why it's really, really beneficial to start taking a prenatal vitamin before Mm -hmm. you try to conceive. So we suggest up to six to 12 months before conception, getting on a high quality prenatal vitamin for a couple Mm of reasons. One of which is it can support regular like cycle regularity. So Mm -hmm. ovulation and healthy ovulation, it can also support egg quality. We have now a separate add on egg quality support. That's amazing for helping your egg follicles as they mature into egg cells before Mm -hmm. ovulation, which is great. And then it can help you to build up your nutrient stores. Oftentimes, uh, and I've been there, I've had first trimester nausea, despite all my best attempts and taking all the right (laughs) supplements. So sometimes it just happens, but you can minimize nausea by having adequate nutrient stores prior to Mm -hmm. conceiving. And then if you do find yourself with severe nausea in the first trimester, if your nutrient levels are optimal preconception, it, it's more tolerable to skip a day or two of your prenatal vitamin because your levels were already in a great range before. So your body has enough nutrient stores. I'm not advocating don't take your prenatal in the first trimester, right. but if life happens and you skip some days... The fact that you started early on means that your body is going to have enough of those nutrients to draw upon to get you through to the second trimester when hopefully you're feeling much better.
0: Right. And, and like when we're, if we have like really bad nausea, vomiting, and we're throwing up all the time, we're also losing nutrients. Right. So it's, it's a whole cycle. It all goes together.
1: (laughs) Yep. It sure does. It sure does. And I like not to, not to push our products. That's not what this is about. But I would say, Hydration, hydration, hydration for nausea. We have a hydration support. If you are interested at all in trying it, I suggest trying it. It has the right nutrient Mm -hmm. ratios for pregnancy. It's made without artificial sweeteners. It just has monk fruit naturally occurring and it comes in three flavors. They're very first trimester friendly flavors too, all citrusy. So grapefruit, lime, mm-hmm. and lemon, but you can also make hydration stuff at home. You can just take yeah. a glass of water and put in some sea salt. You can add in a squeeze of lemon. You can add in some people like to, you probably have your own recipe for like a labor aid, but that's another mm-hmm. popular use of our hydration support is during labor, but hydration can really impact. It's it's like chicken and the egg. I'm nauseous. I don't mm-hmm. want to drink water. Not Water makes me nauseous, but also if you're if you're dehydrated, nausea is worse. So I would really recommend trying to stay hydrated during the first trimester if you can.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and to, to the end of the pregnancy from the first trimester to the end, sometimes yep. we can have contractions early prodromal labor and stuff like that when we're yep. actually dehydrated. Exactly. You're, you're not, and so it's just so, so, so important along the to, whole time. And to support that
1: blood volume expansion that mm-hmm. we we're talking about that takes place in the second and third trimester. It has to come from nutrients, but largely water. Um, yeah. And your, you know, your amniotic fluid levels increase, mm-hmm. and sometimes they can decrease too, and that can risk you out of a v bag or risk you out of yeah. home birth or the things that you want for your birth outcome. So, yeah, hydration is key. It's kind of like the, you know. Your mom's yep. advice of like, make sure you're drinking enough water, but it's, it's really true. It
0: really is true. I know my kids all rolled their eyes at me. They're really big into sports. And then I'm like, no, your body, your muscles, yeah. everything needs that hydration. Totally. So, okay. So we've kind of talked about like when it's good, like we've talked about before, you know, yeah, taking it. And then one, you know, one of the questions is like, oh, well, I've had my baby, I'm done with my prenatal vitamin. Right. But we talked about a little bit, we kind of skimmed the surface of like, why is it important to take it during breastfeeding? We talked about kind of how we're still depleting our body, but so after baby, how long should we be taking these, you know, and then if we want close babies, is it something we should just continue? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Great questions. Um, the minimum we would recommend is six months after delivery. And that is whether or not you are breastfeeding. So mm-hmm. if you, for, for from your choice or from how things turn out, you aren't lactating, it's still beneficial to give your body that time to replenish because mm-hmm. pregnancy and then labor are really depleting events on the body. And it just takes time to rebuild those nutrient stores. So that's the minimum. So yes, please keep taking a prenatal vitamin postnatally. There are postnatal vitamins on the market. Generally that is a marketing differentiation, not a product quality differentiation. Most postnatal vitamins are almost identical to their prenatal counterparts, except for Mm -hmm. like a couple of nutrients where they take maybe like 25 milligrams, more vitamin C which is less than you would get from one strawberry. Like it's, it's basically a marketing play. Um, uh-huh. So We skip that step and we just offer one prenatal right. vitamin that's appropriate for the entire perinatal before, during and after stage. And then if you are breastfeeding or pumping or otherwise producing milk, we recommend staying on a prenatal vitamin for that full duration of time. Mm-hmm. And if you can, if you can give your body a couple of months, once you stop lactating, that's really beneficial for the same reasons we just discussed. It gives your body a chance to recuperate. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a concept known as the recuperative interval when thinking about pregnancy spacing. If you're having multiple kids, mm-hmm. I myself did not do this. I breastfed my first daughter until basically until the day my second daughter was born
0: mm-hmm. Um Maybe not optimal, optimal in some ways, not in others. But really common though. Really a common. Lot, a lot of yep. people do. And then they want to feed both babies, right? Exactly. And- or you could like maybe, maybe you
1: breastfeed until you're pregnant with a second. And mm-hmm. in any event, that is a reason why you should keep taking your prenatal vitamin because mm-hmm. it ensures that your body has enough nutrients to give to your baby. Basically, the, the order of operations is going to be like growing baby gets first older baby gets second and mom gets last. So Mm -hmm. if you are nursing while pregnant, if you are tandem feeding, that's, that's what your body is going to do. It's an evolutionary, it's your bodies are really smart. They're, you know, except for in the example, we talked before the recording about like severe postpartum hemorrhaging,
0: Yeah, your body's
1: first priority will be surviving. But second Mm -hmm. to that, your body's going to give to baby before it gives to older baby before it gives to itself. So Make sure to take your prenatal vitamin all throughout. And I think that's like a that's a general misunderstanding. A lot of women are like, I'm not, I'm not pregnant anymore. Yeah, Men, when looking at the category, when, you know, when Ryan and I were starting the company, they're like, It's nine months. You're gonna, you're gonna have a customer for maximum nine months. And we're like, just frankly, you're wrong because
0: mm-hmm.
1: this is a life stage that women are in for five years or seven years or 10 years, like it's a much longer life stage when you account for trying to conceive pregnancy, postpartum, breastfeeding, trying again, or preparing Mm -hmm. to conceive again. So that is, you know, that's why I think it's, this is a consequential decision and, and taking Mm -hmm. care of your body during those five or 10 or one or two really intensive nutritional years can set you up for long-term health and your baby's up for long-term health for the rest of their life.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I i mean, I was one of those. I was like after my first. And and my provider didn't say continue yep. taking these vitamins. It wasn't that wasn't even a discussion. It was how are you feeling? What birth control would you like? I mean, yep. that's that's really the conversation that we had. And again, like we're not shaming the the provider for that. But that's just following the script. Okay, we're yeah. six weeks. This is what we're doing, right? Yeah. And I just needed so much more. And yeah. and at six weeks, you're nowhere, honestly, nutritionally
1: and depletion-wise, no. you're nowhere near recovered. No. Even if you have you like your scar is healing well from a, a cesarean or mm-hmm. if your stitches are healing well from a vaginal delivery like emotionally, physically, we are still very much postpartum at that point. Even like at the Mm -hmm. stage I'm at now, nine months postpartum, this is still postpartum. We call Mm -hmm. it the fourth trimester sometimes, which at least allows for three months. But in a lot of years, it's two years after having a baby that your body is um, still returning to homeostasis, Mm -hmm. whatever that homeostasis looks like for you.
0: Right. And then by then we're kind of entering that prenatal stage again. It could be. Exactly. Right. So a lot of people are. So I love this. Okay. So a couple more questions. I know we're kind of running out of time, but collagen is a big thing that like, I never really heard about when I was pregnant. Like it wasn't, I mean, the words didn't even come out of anyone's mouth. Yeah, And I honestly didn't even read it online. Right. And so you guys have a prenatal protein collagen or collagen protein. And I think it's important to kind of talk about that too, because it can impact us, impact us in a really positive way. Um, not only during, but even, especially, you know, like healing from a surgery yeah, right or anything. I mean, we've got tissues that are healing. So I don't know if you'd like to share a little bit about the protein. Yeah. I would love to. Yeah. This was, this was
1: like, I think this is something we are super passionate about and something I learned a lot about when we were in the formulation stage. So we know that, preg- that protein requirements increase substantially in pregnancy and you need 80 to 100 grams of protein a day. Is like the low end of the range. And there's newer research showing you need upwards of 140 grams of protein a day. That's a lot to hit um, uh-huh. when you're pregnant. Yeah. And those needs are there because you're growing a baby, obviously. Amino acids are the building blocks of life, the organ mm-hmm. that you're growing, the placenta, and for blood sugar regulation, especially as your blood volume is expanding. Protein's really important for stabilizing blood sugar and for a lot mm-hmm. of other things. We love collagen protein specifically because it's a single ingredient. It's Mm -hmm. really cleanly sourced. Plant-based proteins can be high in heavy metals, whereas we don't find that to be the case with collagen protein. And the amino acids in collagen are specifically really beneficial for pregnancy. Two of them, glycine and proline, are conditionally essential, meaning your body can't synthesize them on their own. They have to be consumed from food. And many of us are not consuming the foods that are high in glycine and proline like you know the carcasses of animals and the skins and bones um, it's just not very common especially in pregnancy We tend to eat boneless skinless chicken breast and <laughs> maybe some even have protein or like a animal protein aversion during pregnancy mm-hmm. so collagen is an awesome form of glycine and proline and overall meeting your protein needs it's effectively flavorless. You can blend it into smoothie. It pairs really well with our uh, prenatal multivitamin powder. You can mix it into, especially for those first trimester mamas, you can mix it into mac and cheese. You can mix it into Mm -hmm. like just about anything to get some protein in, even when you're feeling a bit nauseous. Um, Mm -hmm. And then for postpartum, why it's so beneficial is that your skin tissue stretches. It it needs to recover, whether that's because you had a vaginal delivery Mm -hmm. or a cesarean, collagen can be really, really helpful for tissue healing um, and repair and recovery in that regard. And the last thing I should mention is that the placenta is actually comprised of collagen. So it's really uh, makes a lot of sense to be consuming Mm -hmm. those building blocks um, when you're making your new organ for pregnancy.
0: Yeah. And I just want to share with you guys, I actually love it in my oatmeal. Yeah. <laughs> I put it in awesome. my oatmeal and I'll like put some apples, a little bit of cinnamon. And anyway, it works really, And a little bit, actually put a little bit of yogurt in. Anyway, it's amazing. I sneak it
1: into my daughter's oatmeal too. She calls it sprinkles
2: Love Just it. because
1: kids it's like, you know, they, they have lower protein requirements than adults, of course, but, um, it helps to balance out their blood sugar too, in a really beneficial way. So mm-hmm. making sure she's not, uh, absolutely
0: bouncing off the
1: walls, uh, more than right. necessary.
0: <laughs> I love that. I love that. And that's something too. I love it. the kids. A lot of this is really good for kids. I mean, we could go into there's so many other products, but yeah. there's a lot that like my kids love as well. Yeah. Okay. So last question. We kind of talked about this in the beginning, like, oh, we can get this through food. And it's hard to get that because we're not typically eating, you know, carcasses yeah. and, and skin and liver, right? Yeah. Um, so what are some foods that we can kind of just drop and drop for this audience and eat that just help us during pregnancy, just in general and postpartum that will just help us in addition to needed and other you know products. Well I would say that in general like we are huge
1: advocates for food. You can't up out supplement a bad diet. So Mm -hmm. food should be a critical component of your nutrition plan. Mm -hmm. It's just Sometimes really hard to eat optimally, but foods to focus on in pregnancy lots of organic, if you can, leafy greens, vegetables, fruits like eat the rainbow. I think some people mm-hmm. um, tend to be afraid of fruits because of the sugar content and gestational diabetes, but there's fiber in fruit. Unlike fruit juice, there's actually fiber in fruit. Um, you can pair it with something like a nut butter to add a little bit of protein and fat to help Mm -hmm. with blood sugar stability. Other things to focus on are prebiotics and probiotic rich foods Mm, like kimchi. And depending on your stance on it, I drink kombucha during pregnancy. There is a tiny, tiny, tiny amount of alcohol in it, but the benefits for me outweigh any potential risks Um, alcohol content. Sauerkraut is another really great one. And f- fiber, you know, a lot of women during pregnancy have hemorrhoids or they're constipated. Yes. So foods that are rich in fiber are generally very good for you and your baby. And probably one of my favorites when I'm pregnant is I tend to fall off the wagon a little bit postpartum because you have a, a newborn and and whatnot. But I'm usually really good at smoothies during pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Um, And smoothies are a great way. You can put our collagen in it, our prenatal multivitamin powder. If you are not a a capsules fan, you can even take our pre-probiotic and add it in or a vitamin D. You can add in a lot of our capsule products, just break open the capsule and dump in the powdered contents into the smoothie. And then that's a really great way to put in like greens and fruits and, you know, whatever else, nuts, seeds, that kind of thing to get in your fat Mm -hmm. content. That is definitely one of my favorites, as well as depending on the season. If you're pregnant more in like the winter months, you could make soups, stir in collagen protein into the soup, try to load it with those other fruits, vegetables, fiber type Mm -hmm. rich foods. But I think like we're really, I think we're really, really passionate about debunking some of the concerns around pregnancy, like pregnancy weight gain and um, this like, You don't you, you are eating for two. It doesn't mean you should go load up on ice cream and pretzels mm-hmm. and chips. Like some of that in moderation totally fine, but think about like nutrient density is what you're going mm-hmm. for, both for you and your baby. It's going to help you to avoid uh, depletion, to feel better. Pregnancy, even if you're eating well is pretty uncomfortable. So, I think eating foods that are going to nourish you that are going to leave you feeling good is is definitely the priority. And we do share some really great recipe ideas over on our Instagram. Uh, a couple people in our network that you could check out if you're looking for more food recommendations. The prenatal nutritionist, Ryan Kipping, has a prenatal nutrition library that's full of really great food-based nutrition ideas. And then we also love the work of Lily Nichols. She's really mm-hmm. popular with midwives and doulas also. Uh, she wrote a book called Real Food for Pregnancy that has some great uh, practical tips for uh, nutrient dense meals a lot of what she's recommending is going to sound familiar from this podcast like mm-hmm. collagen and right. like eating more meat than you might think you need and eating more and mm-hmm. honestly I say this coming from the perspective of having been a vegetarian and a vegan for a long time i I think you can do that during pregnancy but you have to be really intentional about protein about nutrients like vitamin D choline you know it's it's much more difficult but it's possible mm-hmm. but I would not advise undergoing a vegetarian or vegan pregnancy without working with a dietitian or a nutritionist to help you figure out what those nutritional gaps could be.
0: That's a really good point. Cause we do like, you know, we know the world, we all eat differently, right? Yep. And we all have different allergies and things that have developed. So that is really, really important to know. And we are going to have all of these links that she's like the blogs, the recipes. All of this linked in the show notes. So if you want to go and dive in and just get your nerd out with out, us, <laughs> yeah, get yeah, nerd out and get your teeth sinking into this. Like, definitely go check it out because you guys, need is just amazing, and I, I really like. It's such an honor to have had you on today to be Thank talking about this you. because it is so important. With my second pregnancy or my first and second, I. I was healthy ish. It's like each pregnancy got better <laughs> Yeah, because I learned more. Right. Like with my, and first- isn't that amazing that like, there's this
1: concept of like, oh, you're too old or you're like, you're subsequent. I'm I, if I have a third, I'll be a geriatric mom, but I like, yeah, it's so much more about your health span or your, mm-hmm. your, your health status than it is about age in some ways that yes. you can be, you can have your healthiest pregnancy at 40 if you're doing the right things and taking care of your body in the right way. Yeah,
0: yeah my my best pregnancy was the, was the older one, you know, yep. my old the older yep. the oldest that I was. <laughs> That's yep. what I'm trying to say. Totally. I was the oldest in my pregnancies and that was my best pregnancy. So, yep. it just impacts and I want to just touch a little bit on what you said is like sometimes we hesitate eating or we're eating the wrong things and and women of strength, if you were listening, I know that as a, as a person wanting to have a V back, as a mama wanting to V back, sometimes we get scared of the world out there saying your baby's too big and you can't have a vaginal birth. I saw just today, three posts in our community. My doctor said my baby's too big. And so then we sometimes tend to hold back and mm. not get the right nutrients, right? Like not purposely, but purposely, like, because we're yep trying not to get, make too big of a baby because we really want this vaginal birth. Like it's all twisted and I don't love it, but you know, it's really important to remember, like she was saying, like get these nutrient dense foods in you and, and don't be scared to supplement. Don't be scared to supplement because our bodies and babies deserve it. We deserve it.
1: Yep. And on the other side of birth, like I tend to feel that like bigger babies sometimes sleep better. They sometimes <laughs> eat better. <laughs> better. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I, I haven't had, well, my second daughter was almost nine pounds, but the first daughter was late. So that was our, mm-hmm. you know, she was like born almost at 42 weeks and yeah. was so nervous about it, but like she was a champion sleeper and feeder. And like, you know, I think there's a lot of natural wisdom in your body knows how big of a baby to grow and your body. Mm-hmm. Uh, knows how long to carry that baby for. So, but I love this conversation. I think it's so important. It might not be immediately intuitive why nutrition and birth outcomes go so hand to hand, but they right. do. Yeah. Oftentimes, what risks women out of the birth that they want, whether it's a VBAC or just a, a, a primary kind of like yeah. first time vaginal birth. Is a factor that can be traced back to nutrition, like preterm labor or yeah. um, gestational diabetes or whatnot. So, yeah. we are very aligned on the idea of like nutrition for prevention and for optimal outcomes.
0: Yeah, yeah. I had a client who years ago, um, actually during COVID, had pre-e. She got it at pre-eclampsia at eighteen weeks, mm-hmm. and she had a home birth planned and all this just amazing things planned and to her, she had to completely shift gears. Right. And the second one, she was like, I'm going to start trying soon. And I'm going to like dive in. And she did, she dove in and changed so many things and had an incredible, incredible home birth with her second. And she was like, I really do feel like, because I fed my body, I fueled my body. It gave back. Yeah. And you know, sometimes, sometimes we do all the right things, everything. yeah, And still we have undesired outcomes. But if we can do what we have in our control, if we can do what we can, that's exactly our control, right? Like, yeah, I'm
1: nodding my head here because we have like, we keep saying to ourselves and are starting to say more externally, like there's so much on this journey you can't control. You can do everything right and still have things not go as you want. And that's, that's just the reality, but nutrition is a big one that you can control. And so Why not focus on what you can
0: and try to let go of the rest? Right. Absolutely. Well, we'll end on that note because I think that is such a powerful ending point. And I want to share everybody, you guys, if they're gonna have we're gonna have the link in the show notes. But if you want to go check out Needed and all the amazing products, we just barely touched on a few today. You could check it out at this com and go learn more about. Julie and Ryan and go learn about the, the partners. I mean, there's a lot of partners that we've actually even had on the show. You guys, like, we we just love you guys and we appreciate you so much. So thanks for taking the time today. Absolutely. It was really fun.
2: Would you like to be a guest on the podcast? Tell us about your experience at thevbacklink.com slash share. For more information on all things VBAC, including online and in-person VBAC classes, the VBAC blog, and Julian Megan's bios, head over to thevbacklink.com. Congratulations on starting your journey of learning and discovery with the VBAC link.